Hello, and thank you for clicking on The Sean B. Show. This episode of The Sean B. Show was recorded on October 4th, the year 2022, on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon at the Edge Construction Studio in Columbus, Indiana. Edge Construction specializes in dirt work and site development. They can do any job. These guys are awesome. Their number is 812-343-3035. And you can tell Brian that you were sent here by The Sean B. Show. Okay, so just do that. Call them for your job, and uh, we're going to get started with the Sean B. Show, say, right about now. You're listening to the Sean B. Show on Second String Media. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Sean B. Show. It is I, Sean B., all by myself in here today. Just going to be me in my brand new studio. Still a work in progress, but uh, coming along very nicely. All right, a lot of things going on around in here. Uh, new surroundings for me, but it's a lot of fun. I'm really excited to be here and uh, be talking football with you guys today. Talking football all day long. Not all day long, for, for a little while anyway. Listen, I have been chastised for... <laughs> For some power rankings that I may have made earlier in the year. And of course, you know, as every NFL season does, uh, proves a few people wrong about a few things here and there. Most uh, notably for me, the Indianapolis Colts, who I touted highly at the beginning of the year. And now I'm like, not looking good. We'll get into the Colts here in a little while. We'll dive in a little deeper on that football team. What's up, Matty O'Gara? I uh, got the live chat going. Of course, if you're listening on the podcast, guys, we stream this thing live, okay? Facebook Live at the Sean B. Show Facebook page. Of course, Second String Media at the twitch.tv slash Second String Media. We'll eventually be on YouTube. I've got the YouTube icon there on the stream, but we're not on YouTube yet. I just, you know, lazy, whatever it is. Not on YouTube yet. But a uh, lot to talk about. Good week four in the NFL. Coming up on week five, quick turnaround for the Indianapolis Colts. They travel to Denver this Thursday night, two nights from now, play the Broncos, hopefully get some shit together and get a win. But like I said, we'll dive into the Colts later on. I've got some brand new power rankings for uh, heading into week five. I don't think I'm going to get chastised as much anymore. Um, you got to kind of break things down and be real. So what I did was I started with my preseason power rankings, right? And then I watched week one of NFL football and adjusted the rankings as such. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, after week one, how could any team be better than the chiefs? Well, it's because they were ranked higher than the chiefs to start the year. The chiefs, obviously everybody knew they were going to be good. They're a lot better than we thought they would be. Or a lot better than I thought they would be, of course, Patrick Mahomes and company. Never a doubt in their minds, um, unless they travel to Lucas Oil, but that's old news. That's old news. And uh, what I'm going to do is kind of just go up the list, down the list. Should I go up or down the list? I think we should go down the list, actually, of uh, Sean B's top 10 heading into week five. And we're going to discuss these teams their week four matchups, what they've got coming up, and how we think this is going to play out, okay? Uh, a lot of things in here that uh, may be controversial. Go ahead and get in my comments section and shit all over me. Tell me that uh, it doesn't seem like I've ever watched football, things of that nature. It doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck. Uh, so uh, 
<laughs> week five, exciting week coming up. Another game in London with the Packers and the Giants. Uh, I'm liking this uh, international series this year. Football in Germany for the first time. Uh, got a Monday night game going down in Mexico City in week 11. But uh, all that in just a few minutes. Here's the deal. The Buffalo Bills have been, even after the loss to Miami, I still believe the best team in the NFL. Miami's really good. Okay? It's going to be interesting to see what happens this week. Teddy Bridgewater can come in and do the job. Okay? They got the Jets. But Buffalo, even after the loss... Still, to me, the best team in the National Football League. Okay, the Bills just win. They come back against Baltimore this past week. 17-point deficit. Score the last 20 points of the ballgame. Buffalo beats Baltimore. Baltimore, another team I think is really good. Um, Key matchup this week, Baltimore-Cincinnati, probably the game of the week, happens on Sunday Night Football. So, Sunday Night Football, getting real, real lucky with that kind of premier matchup going down. But uh, these power rankings, I'm going to start number one is Buffalo Bills. Okay, Got the win against Baltimore, 23-20 this past week. Got Pittsburgh coming up. Should be a, should be a dub for the, for the Bills, for Josh Allen and company. Josh Allen's just really good. He's the motor that powers that entire team. Okay, And it's a different target every week. Gabriel Davis has been the guy. Stephon Diggs has been the guy. He's got different things going on every week. A lot of weapons in Buffalo. Buffalo, to me, is still the best team in the National Football League. Number one on the power rankings for the Sean B. Show leading into week five. Why is Kansas City below Buffalo? Very simple. A loss to Indy. Both one-loss teams. Buffalo lost to Miami. Kansas City blew a game to Indy. You can't be number one a week and a half after Blowing a game to Indy. And I hate saying that. But the reality is every facet of the Chiefs with the exception, I, I, would, I would even say offense, every facet of the game, all three phases, let Kansas City down and let Indy get away with a home win. Kansas City's number two. The number two team in the National Football League. And look, these are obviously the best two teams in the National Football League, okay? Buffalo, Kansas City. That's... Those are the best two teams in the NFL. Hands down, no bones about it. Number three is Miami. What? What about Thursday night football? What if Tua doesn't come back? Miami's really, really good. Okay? Weird, weird circumstances on Thursday night. Got, you know, the loss to Cincinnati, which I don't think Cincinnati should ever wear another uniform than the ones they wore Thursday night. Against the Dolphins. But a sad situation with Tua Tungavailoa. I, <laughs> they say he's in the protocol. That guy's messed up. I really, really hope they're careful about what they do with him. The independent doctor fired. <laughs> screams, hey, maybe he did have a concussion. <laughs> okay. Maybe there was a problem. Maybe he shouldn't have been on the football field. Screams that. Independent doctor fired. A lot of people were mad at the Dolphins when that first happened. I was mad at the Dolphins when that first happened. A lot of people said the NFL is going to pay. Somebody's going to pay. Look, when you really 
whittled down this situation, an independent doctor, independent from the Dolphins, not a Dolphins guy, an independent guy cleared Tua to come back and play. Tua is a competitor. Tua is a competitor who just got to the top. Got that starting job. He's the obvious starting quarterback. Competitor that finally made it to the top. That guy's not going to say, oh, I'm cleared to play. I probably should chill. Mike McDaniel probably should have said, hey, man, I know they cleared you to play, but we're, we're going to go. We're going to go another direction. You need some time. I'm smarter than that because he is smarter than that. Teddy Bridgewater, I feel, can do the job. Wasn't very good against the Bengals, but I honest to God feel like Teddy Bridgewater has the ability, especially like this upcoming week. They should beat the Jets even with Teddy Bridgewater. Miami, still to me right now, they're going to have to show more things other than responding poorly to Tua getting hurt and carted off the field, which who can respond well to that. They're going to have to show more before I move them down to number three. A team I was forced to put at number four, and I say forced, and I'll tell you why. Forced to put at number four. The Philadelphia Eagles. Forced. I don't care if they're 4-0. Their wins are against Jacksonville, who we've seen as Signs of being pretty good. The the Lions, who are the Lions, big win against Minnesota and Washington. I want to see a tougher schedule before I'm sold on the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. I'm not sold on the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Some people might be. Philly fans are like, fuck this guy. Fine, Whatever. I want to see more from the Eagles before I'm sold on this team being good. Nick Sirianni's done a good job. Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal. I still want to see more, but I've got the Eagles number four, kind of forced to put them there because the, the reality is they haven't lost. They're the only unbeaten team left in the NFL. They haven't lost. Number four, Philadelphia Eagles. The Green Bay Packers, despite, now look, I was sad. I watched the Green Bay Packers go to overtime against Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots. The Patriots already not that good. Mac Jones hurt. Bailey Zappi, who the fuck? And Aaron Rodgers made some really great throws. I'm not going to say Aaron played bad. I will say the Patriots probably overachieved a little bit, took advantage of some good situations. That's a Bill Belichick thing. He's going to take advantage of everything he can find. They get to overtime. Of course, the Packers come out with the win. Matt LaFleur... After the game, just relieved. Just win that game, all right? Packers still number five to me. They've got to be. Aaron Rodgers has no weapons. Alan Lazard. Randall Cobb sometimes. In football years, Randall Cobb's like 40. Okay, in football years, Sammy Watkins is still going to be Sammy Watkins. He's really good for two weeks. But the reigning MVP finding ways to win ball games. Okay. Shouldn't have been the challenge. It was Sunday, but the, the reigning MVP finding ways to win ball games. Okay. Aaron Rodgers going to Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are number five, right below the Packers, Tampa Bay, number six. They're two and two. They're two and two. Look, they've had a tough schedule. Okay. They've had, they've had a tough schedule to start their losses to the chiefs and the Packers. They come out and beat Dallas with Dak like they should have. 
and they beat New Orleans on the road. The Buccaneers schedule softens up. Look, you've got Atlanta coming up this weekend, Pittsburgh after that. Let me see. Who are their next opponents? Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Carolina. Then you got Baltimore. So October 27th is the next time you play a team that's like, okay, now every game in the NFL's big and everybody, every team in the NFL is capable of everything. I get it. But Falcons, Steelers, Panthers should be WWW. So you look at the Buccaneers at five and two, only losses to the Chiefs and the Packers. Let's go ahead and just play that scenario out. Tampa Bay looking pretty good at that point. To come out two and two of the schedule they've had, pretty good little run. All right, because Dallas is beating everybody else with Cooper Rush. Tampa Bay, number six. Seven through 10. I'm going to preface this because this was hard to do. Look, this was hard to do. There were there were a couple teams that I just, I have to include here. Like, I don't think Minnesota's that good. They're three and one. Baltimore can't not lose football games. Okay. Baltimore had Miami beat. Baltimore had Buffalo beat. Tua Tungavailoa coming out party shows he's never beat. Josh Allen, we all know he's never beat. But Baltimore had leads in these games and blew them. Two and two. Two and two could very easily be four and up. The San Francisco 49ers. Look, I can't with this. All right, I can't with this. Jimmy Garoppolo takes up takes less money. Agrees to be his backup's backup. His backup gets, I'm confused now. Trey Lance gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo's back in the back in the spotlight. They get a big win. That's a big divisional win they got this weekend. Debo Samuel's a fucking stud. But San Francisco, it's hard for me to look at. There's people that have San Francisco in the top five. I can't do that. I can't do that and sleep at night. I can, I can include San Francisco in this bottom. And, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals, look, kind of a soft schedule. They didn't beat Dallas. They did beat the Jets. They didn't beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they got that win against Miami on Thursday night. So wishy-washy kind of looking schedule there, okay? I'm not sold. Joe Burrow just gets hit. Now, he didn't get hit that much this week. They did a good job. He's got all the targets in the world. You protect that guy, that guy's throwing for 400. The Bengals can't protect him. But those four teams, it was hard to do. So number seven, I got Minnesota. Simply because their only loss is to Philadelphia, who has not lost. You beat the Packers handily at home week one. You lose to Philadelphia. You go to London. Now they say, well, they only beat New Orleans by three, but that's over in London. That's that London game that come out with the win. It's it's difficult to fly across the pond and play football and win. They beat the Lions 28-24, divisional game at home. Detroit's almost good. Like they're surprisingly almost good. But Minnesota 3 and 1, okay? Like hard not to put them in there at number 7. Number 8 Baltimore. I they just know how to lose games. When they stop losing games, they're going to be okay. <laughs> that's that's a John Madden thing to say, right? You score more points than the other team, you're going to win the football game. We know, John. Big game on Sunday night. Look, if you're Baltimore 
and you're sitting at two and two, you've kind of underachieved. You lost a couple of games that you probably should have won. And now you've got Cincinnati coming to Baltimore, primetime Sunday night football. This game is huge. It's as huge as a week five game can be because those two teams are going to battle for that division. Baltimore, Cincinnati are going to battle for that division. This is a massive, massive game Sunday night. Sunday night football. Bengals go to Baltimore. Massive game. One of these two teams is going to kind of solidify themselves. Baltimore's got to, Baltimore's got to find a way to win a football game that they should have won. And Cincinnati's got to protect Joe Burrow and be the team that everybody thought they were. A lot of people thought Cincinnati were a top five team coming into the season. Some people thought top three. They just went to the Super Bowl. Understandable. I feel like Cincinnati got hot at the right time last year. I didn't really hand them the credit for being the previous AFC champions. I didn't go there. Cincinnati, Baltimore, Sunday night football in Baltimore. That game is massive. What a massive, massive football game. San Francisco, again, a lot of people have them as a top five team. I'm sitting with them at number nine. They've got Carolina this week, a game they should go win. They should go beat Carolina in Carolina. I really wanted Carolina to be good. That's a problem. That's what I'm struggling with. I really wanted Carolina to be good. They're one and three. They're one and three, and they just don't look good. Baker just looks like Baker looks like a disappointment. Okay. He looks like a disappointment. San Francisco should go beat Carolina kind of solidify themselves as belonging in that top 10, okay? I just, I can't. I can't with this Jimmy G drama. It's a love affair, okay? Like, take <clears throat> take Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, Kyle Shanahan. Like, Jimmy and Kyle were a duo. A lot of love there, okay, Jimmy and Kyle. But then this whole new thing comes around, okay? Like, like Kyle's in his early 30s, okay? And then Trey Lance comes, and he's, he's you know, he's young and new. And Jimmy G's like that same old thing. Like, it's not great, but it's not bad, but it's not great. And then Trey Lance, like, this could be magic. And then Trey lets everyone down. I say lets everyone down. That's terrible. He got hurt. Kyle comes crawling back to Jimmy G. It's sickening. I hate it all. I really wish I really wish Carolina had signed Jimmy Garoppolo. I really wish like maybe even Indy, I don't know, had signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Somebody had signed Jimmy Garoppolo. That guy is that guy should should feel fucked. And it like like almost went to the Super Bowl last year. That guy should feel fucked. But here he is. In San Francisco, winning football games, beat L.A. 24-9. to That's a good win for San Francisco, okay? That's a good home win. Monday night football, prime time. Debo looked amazing. God, Debo looked amazing. I really fucking like that guy. I like that guy more than any other 49er. Six catches, 115 yards, a lot of yak. Jimmy said that after the game. The Yak brothers are back. 
Like I can only envision like Jimmy throwing a ball five yards downfield and then Debo trotting for 60 more. And Jimmy just like, look at all those passing yards. Okay. And I agree. They're passing yards. <laughs> Jimmy 16 to 27, 239 yards. I don't have the yak numbers in front of me, but uh, 239 yards on a tud. Thanks, Debo. Thanks a lot. I got the Bengals at number 10. A lot of people are going to be mad at me for that. Why are the Bengals number 10? Well, you can't lose to the Steelers in overtime at home and then call yourselves. It's hard to be a top 10 team when you do that. That wasn't long ago. Then you lose to Dallas. And you finally get a big win over the Jets. And then you do go and beat Miami on Thursday night football after Tua Tungo-Vailoa was carted off the field. So it's hard for me to, to be sold on the Bengals. Again, a lot of people had the Bengals in their mid, mid top 10, lower top 10. That's where they are for me. Number 10, Buffalo, Kansas City, Miami, Philadelphia, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Baltimore, San Francisco, Cincinnati. Two divisions there not represented in a top 10. Two not represented divisions. One, AFC South. Anybody near and dear to my heart, near and dear to the Colts, knows why the AFC South isn't represented. Look, the Colts got away with a win in, against Kansas City last week. Had Jacksonville just blown it to the Chargers like we thought they were going to be, the Colts would have come into week four in first place by themselves. Two one and one would have sounded a lot better. The Colts can't stop turning the football over. That's a big problem. That's a big problem. There's a lot of problems in Indy, but I think, and I, look, I'm in all these Colts fan groups, okay? And these guys, these guys in these fan groups, they're all GMs, right? Like, if I was GM, this is what I would do. If I was GM, this is what I, and, and some of these guys are like, we should still have Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Sam Ellinger should be the starter. That's my big thing. Everybody's like, we should start chanting for Sam Ellinger at the stadium. I'm like, he's not the number two. So like, let's say he does bench Matt Ryan for Nick Foles. Like, are you going to wade through Nick Foles' opportunity to keep chanting Sam Ellinger? <clears throat> Look, Sam Ellinger, I'm glad he's had a good, I'm glad he had a good preseason. I'm glad he got everybody fired up. I'm going to give somebody, I'm going to give anybody 151 to one odds that Sam Ellinger is the future franchise quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. I've heard all the messages. Should they tank? The Colts should tank. Just tank and go draft a guy. Why would they do that? Why would they tank? That doesn't make sense to me. Look, this is, it looks grim, but it only looks grim because of people's expectations. The expectations were high. The energy going into the season was very high. This is not near as bad as people want to think it is. Okay? They're one, two, and one. They don't look good. I get that. I get that. You're one, two, and one. You don't look good. You couldn't even get a win against Houston. It's, it's not good. You got the Texans and the Jaguars coming to Lucas Oil later on this year. Jags very soon. Look, you're one, two, and one. You're four games into the season. 
it's not been great. But like I said, you can whittle the Colts' problems down to, honestly, I think one facet of the football game. And to me, that is turnover differential. You have to stop. Look, the Colts are 31st in the NFL. I guess technically tied for 30th with the commanders in turnover differential. Minus six, nine turnovers to three takeaways. Nine turnovers, 31st in the league in turnovers. Tied for probably, I think it's, I think there's five teams that have nine turnovers. The Saints are the only team worse. The Saints are the only team that turns the ball over more than the Colts. <clears throat> the turnovers are atrocious. It can't happen. And look, they happen in all these awful situations. I didn't get to podcast last week because I had a lot going on uh, with the move over here and everything. But I, I, I said something about this on Facebook. The, the go forward on fourth down against Kansas City at midfield when they had the lead, they didn't punt. And I, I was like, Helen Keller can see this coming. They blitz on fourth down because every time you blitz the Colts, Matt Ryan gets pressure. We can't pick up a blitz. That's a problem. They sack him. He fumbles the football. Now the Chiefs have the ball short field 30-yard line. Who didn't see that coming? Just the previous defensive possession in that football game, we pinned him on the goal line, made him punt, and started with pretty good field position. We can get into the, the better choices Frank Wright can make all day long. You can sit and talk about that all day long. And he's an NFL head coach. He's going to have explanations for why he did what he did. This offense isn't good enough to go forward on fourth down as often as we try to do that. This offense hasn't produced 20 points yet this year. You're putting a lot of fucking faith in this offense to do something, to do something magical when they haven't produced 20 points yet this year. That's a problem. The turnovers, awful. Turnovers at awful times. Look, the Colts were driving to tie the football game. Driving downfield to tie the football game. Jonathan Taylor fumbles. Gets hurt on the play. Hopefully he plays this Sunday. I feel like he's going to play this Sunday. I haven't heard or not Sunday, sorry, Thursday. A short turnaround for a guy with an ankle. They didn't put him back in the football game. They stuck with Naheem Hines. Kind of like, hey, if we need a big power run, we'll, we'll call you. But uh, that looks like it fucking hurts, so we're going to let you stand. Taped it up real good, but didn't see JT again. JT may not practice a whole lot this week. Didn't practice yesterday. Probably not going to practice today. We'll see. I haven't seen anything conflicting. The moment the Colts stop turning the football over, you will see the results improve. And, and it's, it's, it's obvious to say. It's obvious to say that you can, you can look at turnover differential when it comes to who's going to win these games, these close games. They didn't lose to Houston because Rodrigo Blankenship missed a field goal. They lost to Houston because they turned the ball over too much. Turnovers against Tennessee. They turned the ball over three times against Tennessee. They never got off the ground against Jacksonville. So we'll just throw that game to the wayside, come back to the Jags later. 
stop turning the football over, the results will greatly improve. I still think, and people are going to chastise me for this. I don't care. I still fully think and believe that Indianapolis can win the AFC South without, without much improvement. They have to greatly improve if you want to be competitive. But this, but this division sucks. It's an opportunity. It's all part of the window. It's all part of why Matt Ryan's the quarterback instead of a young guy. You thought at the beginning of the year that you had a good roster around Matt Ryan. You thought you had that. You still think you do, and you're confused as to why they're not achieving like they should. But you thought you had a good roster around Matt Ryan. So bring in Matt Ryan. Okay, and then let's try and get through this window before it slams shut. Part of this window that they're talking about is obviously guys that are here on contracts that aren't very expensive. That's all going to change real soon. But the AFC South sucks. And that's also going to change very soon. These teams will get better. Tennessee is going to, they're always better than people think they will be. Derrick Henry ran all over Indy. And I don't understand why that happens either. A lot of these bright spots that we thought we had got fucking major exposed against Tennessee. Derrick Henry ran all over us. Danico Autry got three sacks. Can't win like that. Especially when you when you add on three turnovers. You can't win like that. And without a Jonathan Taylor fumble late in the fourth quarter, they almost they almost did. Like they almost, it never looked like the Colts really were in contention in that game. But the reality is, like, they were charging. And what killed that charge was a fucking turnover late in the fourth quarter. That hurts. Can't do that. Matt Ryan, 1,125 passing yards through four games. That's fourth in the NFL, 66.2% completion, five touchdowns, five picks. Eliminate the picks. Eliminate the picks. Four of his touchdowns to tight ends. Jelani Woods with a deuce against Kansas City. Mo Cox with a deuce Sunday. He said MPJ for a tud. There ain't no fucking targets. And I'm going to prove to you that there are no fucking targets in Indy. Michael Pittman Jr. is Indy's leading receiver. He has 224 receiving yards on the season with one touchdown. That's 31st in the National Football League. The Colts' leading receiver is 31st in the National Football League, whilst their quarterback is fourth in passing yards. What's that say? That there's a lot of targets that, that Matt Ryan's hitting. There are a lot of targets Matt Ryan's hitting, obviously. He's, he's, the tight ends are getting in the game. Alec Pierce has made some great catches. There's a lot of targets that he's going to and sifting through. But there's not a guy. There's not a guy catching footballs in Indianapolis. And, and you say, well, MPJ should be. He's not. There's not a guy catching football in Indy. They don't have a receiving core guy. That's what, that's, that's missing. You got to have that. Minnesota's got a guy, Justin Jefferson. Not all, not all football teams are going to have a Justin Jefferson. That, that's their guy. Cooper Cup is Matt Stafford's guy. 
Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a guy. Scott Allen Lazard. I'd say those 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 situations are pretty similar. Obviously, A Rod's better than Matt Ryan, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a guy, and it fucking shows. It shows. It affects them. Matt Ryan doesn't have a guy. Julio Jones got signed in free agency. I'm not saying he would have been the guy, but maybe a level of comfort, maybe a level of familiarity. We can talk all day about what the Colts should have done. But turnovers are an issue. Matt Ryan doesn't have a guy. Jonathan Taylor's sixth in the NFL in rushing yards. Like, yeah, they haven't used him. A lot of people say they haven't used him like they should. They haven't used him like they should. The Jacksonville game was atrocious. You should have tried to gain control of that game by slowing it down with your all-pro fucking running back. Instead, he had nine carries because we felt like we were so far behind that we were just throwing the ball over the field. Can't throw the ball all over the field when Matt Ryan doesn't have a guy, doesn't have a safety net. Jonathan Taylor is that guy, that, that guy on the offense is Jonathan Taylor. Naheem Hines is underused. Maybe he could be the guy. Then he's going to have the same beef that Debo Samuel has. Although being a receiver in the NFL is a lot less painful than being a running back in the NFL, unless you're one of those guys that goes across the middle and gets pummeled. Running backs literally sign up daily to get the shit kicked out of them. Why can't Naheim be in the slot? Why, why, haven't we, why haven't we exploited that? A lot of questions, a lot of what ifs, a lot of whys. But Matt Ryan doesn't have a guy. You look at NFL receiving leaders, Cooper Cup, Stafford's guy. It's obvious. Travis Kelsey, a tight end. Patrick Mahomes' guy. It's obvious. Tua's got targets everywhere. Josh Allen's got Stephon Diggs. They've got their guy. We don't have that on our receiving core. And it hurts. It hurts bad. You've got a quarterback who's fourth in the league in, in, in passing yards. You would think there'd be a guy ahead of the ahead of 31st on the list. You would think there would be. It's an issue. Clean up the turnovers. Again, like I said, we can talk all day about Frank Reich and what he can do to make the Colts better, which I think would be hand the headset to somebody else, anybody else. Not one of these GMs in the Facebook groups. <clears throat> there's a lot of head coaches in those Facebook groups too. There's a ton of GMs and head coaches. Um, there's a few defensive coordinators. They're all hanging out in these Facebook fan groups that are talking all throughout the game, every play, every play throughout the game. Why in the fuck? Do we throw this ball to that guy? I want to see more from Paris Campbell. I think that guy's just fast. I want to see him. MPJ, I'm not, and I'm not shitting on MPJ. Look, I don't want people to think I'm shitting all over MPJ because I'm not. That's not what ha what's happening. I think Michael Pittman Jr. is a talented NFL receiver. But he's not your guy. He's a great number two. 
great supporting receiver. He can't be the guy. It shows. It shows like he's caught footballs from a lot of really good quarterbacks. The the Indianapolis quarterback carousel. He's not going to be your guy. Colts do have a uh, interesting little schedule coming up. Of course, you got Denver on Thursday. Then next Sunday, Jacksonville. Then Tennessee again. One of those games at home against the Jags. Got to go to Nashville. Then Carson Wentz comes back to Indianapolis. October 30th. A late game. Because you don't want a lot of games out there competing with, uh, you know, that Carson Wentz epic return to Lucas Oil Stadium. That's another thing I see in the Facebook groups a lot. We should have never got rid of Wentz. Wentz lost his job in Jacksonville, Florida. Period. I didn't want to get rid of Wentz either. Until that day in Jacksonville, Florida, when we thought we were going to the playoffs. And old T-Law was down there like, nah, bruh. Nah, instead, we're going to let the Raiders in. That's what happened. That's when Carson lost his job. The loss to the Raiders, you can almost understand that. They didn't play well, but you can almost understand that. There was no reason. Nobody in the world thought Jacksonville was going to beat Indy that day. That's when Carson lost his job. He's coming back for revenge, October 30th. Then Mac Jones and company hosts the Colts. So, like... A shaky schedule, but nothing really, no juggernauts, right? Like, these are all games that you look at and you say, man, the Colts can win. They get they get to host Philadelphia late November. You get the Steelers on Monday night in Indy. You go to Dallas. I, I just, you know, the Vikings, the Chargers. But then you finish with the G-Men in Houston again. Like, if you're going to, turn something around and like make a run. You can't ask for a better schedule to do that. You've got to get back traction in your division. So you got two division games coming up within the next three weeks. You've got to get traction back in the division. You've got to beat Jacksonville, Tennessee. You have to, because you've got to earn that traction back in your division. Somehow, some way, as bad as this has been, the Colts aren't that far out of the division. Like, it's, this is nothing that nothing's, nothing wild has gone on yet. It's only four weeks in. But, but these people out there that are acting like the Colts are dead. Oh, they're dead. They're fucking dead. They're not dead. Like, it's not over. Things have to change. And the things the Colts have to change, like I said, are very, very easy to pinpoint. You fucking have to win the turnover battle. Or at least, at least just not turn the ball over. You have to. So I, I like I like our chances. Like I, I still like our chance. I don't I don't feel like anything's dead. I know some season ticket holders are not fucking happy. Like I, I, I want to bring those guys back around. Nobody's dead. We'll we'll see what kind of life the and look, it's hard to go to Denver. Okay? You've been getting shit on all year. And then you go to Denver and play a mile above sea level. Like, that's that's hard to do. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that, but you got to go do it. You got to go win. 
just stop thinking about the first four weeks, three of which you were bludgeoned by teams in your division, and just start now and go win. Go get a win in Denver. Denver's not been that great. Nothing about Denver that, that you should go out there and, and, and be like, we can't win this game. You can't win that game. They're 2-0 and at home. That's the one thing that's not in your favor. They're 2-0 and at home. Go beat Denver. Start slow. Give it a slow stroke. All right? I like when the NFL goes to London. I like the Giants and the Packers week five in London. I like the Broncos and the Jags week eight in London. I do wish the Jags would move to London like they were going to. But now, now we're playing fucking football in Germany. <clears throat> I can't talk about football in Germany without, I'm going to light a cig. I'm going to do it right here. Please send me your emails. How you to talk about sports and smoke cigs? I've got that before. Seahawks, Bucks, and Munich. Now, the only thing that I could wish for about this Munich game is that they got a little more than the Seahawks. Like, Munich deserves more than Seattle for this game in, in Germany, for the NFL's first game in Germany. You send them the Seahawks. Six years ago, it would have been great. Everybody in the world loved the Seahawks. They had the cool uniforms. They still have the cool uniforms, but... You don't hear about them as much because they're not any good. <coughs> Pardon me. I have to edit that later. So you get Seahawks, Bucks in Munich, a game that the Bucks should win handily. But again, football in Germany. I like it because, again, this Sunday, football Sunday doesn't wait till 1 o'clock to start. It starts at 9.30 a.m. I like that. Get up, football. Go to bed, football. Monday night, all day Monday, getting ready for Monday night football. It's good. Keep going overseas. I can't believe they gave a Monday night game to the international series. I can't believe Monday night got an international game. But they did. Mexico City, week 11, 49ers Cardinals. Wasn't it the Cardinals that went to Mexico City last time? I think it was. I think it was. Anyway, the International Series, a lot of fun to watch. Spreading the NFL around the world, okay? Because maybe they're pissed off that soccer is still the more, most popular sport in the world. I don't know. London fans seem to love it. I would love to go to an international game just to see the production and how different it is over there in the UK or Germany or down in Mexico. But uh, what do I think about Kenny Pickett? Well, Kenny Pickett is, uh, is on top of the Steelers' depth chart. I do know that. So you'll see him starting in Buffalo on Sunday. That's a bad game. That's a, For your first start, for your, you're the guy now. You're on top of the, of the quarterback depth chart now. You're the guy. You're the guy who came in when Mitchell Trubisky couldn't beat <laughs> the Jets. And then you come in and you throw three picks in that football game. It's bad. Look, 
What I think about Kenny Pickett is that he's another one of these over-touted quarterbacks, okay? Um, like, let's say, Mitchell Trubisky, like Daniel Jones. A lot of these guys that were taken early that just, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like this Buffalo thing. I don't like this Buffalo thing at all. I don't like it. It's it it does not look good for Kenny Pickett. That's not uh, it's not how you want to come out of your uh I don't like it for Kenny Pickett. I do think it's cool that he played at the University of Pittsburgh and then you know of course now he's a starter for the Steelers. And I'm pretty sure the consensus is that he will start this game Sunday. Uh despite having thrown three picks, no touchdowns. What were his what was his total stat line? 10 of 13, buck 20, three picks, no touchdowns. That's bad. It's not good at all. Zach Wilson had a couple picks of his own. That's just that's the Jets and the Steelers. What I what I think about Kenny Pickett is that the Steelers aren't that good. And it's a project. And it's okay to have a project quarterback when you're not that good. I get that he ran for two touchdowns, but I just, <sighs> he's a project quarterback and the Steelers aren't that good. And that's a good time to have a project quarterback. So it's a positive thing. Like here we are, the expectations are down. The expectations outside of their locker room is down, okay? Like, no no expectations inside of an NFL locker room are, are down. Like, they expect to win. The goals are to go win. But overall, the expectations for the Pittsburgh Steelers are down. So they have a project quarterback in Kenny Pickett. They want to see what happens. That's a good time to do it when you're not that good. When you're not that good is a good time to do this. So I think it. I think the timing is right. Like, everybody knows what you get with Mitch Trubisky. You know what Mitch Trubisky gets you. We've seen it. So, yeah, I think the timing's right. That's what I'm going to say. The timing is right to pull the trigger. I'm glad they didn't wait to pull the trigger on Kenny Pickett. I don't want to be right in saying he's a project quarterback that may not turn out to be that good. Don't get your hopes up. But the timing is right to do this and see what you have in this guy. And like I said, a lot of people come in with low expectation and blow it up. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, sixth round pick. Give Kenny Pickett that speech. Nobody thought Tom Brady would be anything. Turns out he's pretty good. So, yeah, I, I think the Steelers picked the right time to do this. I don't think he's ever going to be a running quarterback. So the fact that he ran for two touchdowns. Tells me that maybe he was just running for his life. I, I in one hundred percent full disclosure, didn't catch this game. No matter how many rushing touchdowns you run for, the quarterback can't throw three interceptions. So obviously, got to clean that up. Doesn't even need to be set. But that's that's my thoughts on Kenny Pickett. I think the Steelers picked the right time to go ahead and say, you know what, kid, you're the fucking guy. That's what I think about Kenny Pickett. The Steelers, the Steelers timing was good. So you really want Kenny Pickett to be the man. You drafted him in fantasy football, didn't you? 
over here in the chat. I know she did. I know she did. Speaking of fantasy football, um, fuck fantasy football. Get into that for a second because, honestly, I think it's just worth talking about. <clears throat> I'm not a guy who is in five fantasy leagues. I'm not. I do enjoy fantasy football in moderation. I am in one league that I've been in for a long time and in a second league that I reluctantly joined. And I'm gen generally decent at fantasy football. This year, not so much. Not so much. It's bad enough to have one team that's 0-4. I have two. I have two that are 0-4. But I want to give out this stat just to, to back myself up on one of these on one of these teams. I'm 0-4 in the Ziggy's Football League. My team, the Kentucky Tractor Pullers, 0-4. However, however, I'm third in the league in scoring out of 12. And I lead the league in points allowed. I'm the only team in this league that through four weeks has allowed 500 points. And in fantasy football, for those who don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't know this, but points allowed don't, that doesn't say anything about your team. It just says that you played people who scored a lot of points. That has been, that's been the story. So I'm going to go and try to, Let's see here. Schedule. There we go. Schedule. So, yeah. Week one, I lost 144 to 86. Week two, I lost 134 to 100. Week three, I lost 133 to 130. Week four, I lost 88 to 87. So, I don't give a shit. I'm 0-4 in that league, and it's bad luck, and that's how it works, and you just move on. Dell League, I mean, I've been in this league since 2007. Won a few titles. Got my family in there. What's up? I'm uh, I'm uh, in uh, Indiana, my friend. Got a got a gamer in the chat. What up? But uh, this other league, I've been in since 2007. Good league, family league. And I'm just not good. I'm not good in this league this year. And it's really sad. I just lost 113 to 66. Uh, week one, I lost 87 to 86. Thought, okay, you know what? You lost one by one. It's going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. Uh, lost 74 to 63 in week two. Week three, I lost. But I got killed week three by my fucking mom. Same person who drafted Kenny Pickett. I want to see the week four scoreboard. Because I know my mom drafted Kenny Pickett. There he is on her bench with 17 points. Yeah. Kenny Pickett. K-Pick. Yeah, that's my mom. Drafting Kenny Pickett. Taking shots on the new guy. A Ravens fan. Taking a shot on a new Steeler. Don't know that I understand it. But uh, either way, it works out. Kenny Pickett uh, going to be the starter for the Steelers against Buffalo this week. Let's look at uh, some of the bigger games. Buffalo plays Pittsburgh. Got Kansas City and Las Vegas on Monday Night Football. That's going to be awesome. Can't wait. We'll talk more about all these games on Thursday. Uh, Miami plays the Jets. We'll see if uh, we'll see if they can get through this period. They're going to go through without Tua. Uh, who knows how long it's going to be? People can say what they want. Nobody fucking knows. This guy's throwing up gang signs after he got hit. He's not going to be fine for a minute. 
I really, really hope they're careful about this. He's not going to be fine for a minute. Philadelphia plays Arizona, should win. Should win. Green Bay's got the Giants over there in London. I shouldn't do I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do English accents. I'm not good at it. Tampa Bay's got the Falcons division game. Tampa Bay should win. Minnesota's got the Bears division game. Minnesota should win. That Baltimore Cincinnati game, I've I watch Sunday night football every week. I'm really, really jacked for Sunday night football. Baltimore, Cincinnati. Make my big bet. I I was so mad. I'm gonna talk about gambling. Look at this. I had a nine legger going for uh, Sunday night football this week. It's gonna take me a minute to get logged in. But you want to talk about gambling? I had a nine legger going. Hit eight legs and fucked up. Hit eight legs of this nine legger, and the only reason I missed leg number nine is because I fucked up. Fucked up bad. I'm gonna get logged in and explain how this went. For all you uh, gambling parlay people, okay? Here's what's up. So go to my bet history. Yeah, nine-legger, Sunday Night Football. I had Travis Kelsey over 67.5. Got it. Tom Brady over 265.5. Got it. Pat Mahomes total passing touchdowns over 1.5. Got it. Game over 47, got it. Ryan Suckup, over two and a half extra points, got it. Matt Wright, over two and a half extra points, got it. Tom Brady, over one and a half passing touchdowns, got it. Pat Mahomes, over two forty, over 248.5 passing yards, got it. I lost Mike Evans. I meant to, this is bullshit. The over-under on Mike Evans receiving yards was 68 and a half. I never bet unders. Ever, ever, ever bet unders. I fucking fat-fingered this Mike Evans under 68 and a half yards. And look, I was jacked. I always track it. Like I had my little sheet, and I'm fucking checking shit off as it happened. Mike Evans gets over 68 and a half. I'm fucking jacked. I'm like, I'm about to fucking win this bet. $30 bet would have got me 1530 right? No, I fat-fingered the fucking bet. Mike Evans, under 68 and a half. The moment that I celebrated, fucking killed me. Eight out of nine. $30 bet would have got me 15, 30. I'm fucking coming back, Caesars. Okay, I'm fucking coming back. I wanted to send an email to Caesars because I don't believe I fat-fingered that bet. I think they fucked me. That's not true. I fat-fingered the fucking bet. $30 bet would have paid 15, 30. Fat-fingered for a loss. It hurts. I'm not going to lie, it fucking hurts. That's why you shouldn't gamble, kids. Look, here's the deal. I'm trying to get this thing uh, onto a regular schedule. All right? No Tuesdays and Thursdays are going down. Sundays are going to get really a lot more exciting. I'm going to explain all that on the Thursday show. We're going to do Thursday, probably closer to the Colts-Broncos kickoff. Okay? Do a little Colts-Broncos pre-gaming. But uh, Sundays are going to get a lot more exciting, and I'm going to talk a lot, of, a lot more about that on Thursday. I need people. All right, I'm going to go ahead and put this out here now, and then I'll put it out here on the uh, social medias here later. I need people Look, trying to, trying to develop some boys that want to talk football on a Sunday. All right, that's what I need. I need people. So, look, if you're one of those people that likes talking football, all right, and I'll be selective. Look, I'm not letting fucking anybody in here. I'll be selective. 
So if you reach out to me and say, hey, Sean B., I like talking football, and I don't let you in here, don't take it personally. This shit matters to me. I've worked really hard on this, and I'm not fucking it up. But uh, Sundays are about to get really exciting, so look for that to happen. I will see you guys Thursday. I'll put it out there what time. I imagine it's going to be more like a kickoff pregame Thursday as opposed to the normal Thursday afternoon. This has been the Sean B. Show. You guys are fucking awesome. I'm out of here. See ya.